Have you noticed that the world is becoming more and more black and white, that the differences between one opinion and another opinion are becoming so much greater in the areas that impact our day-to-day living as moms, that the space for gray, where we maybe used to live, maybe we sat more in the gray area for a long time, there is becoming less and less gray as our days go by. It seems like every day there's something more that comes up in the news or some new law that's being passed that just causes the differences to become so vast. And today we're going to have a conversation about this, about being moms in our homes and being wives to our husbands who dare to be different and dare to look different than the world in so many different areas of our lives. And it's going to be a big conversation to take us to some big thoughts that I'm really excited for, because I believe God has called us to live in such a time as this. And he has called us to be bold women for him in this place. And this conversation is going to help equip you for that in this time. So it's going to be a great one. I'm so glad you're here. I have a new friend to introduce to you. Her name is Elizabeth Parsons, and I actually got to know her from following her on Instagram. She has a fantastic Instagram. If you are on that platform, you need to follow her. Her Instagram handle is purely Parsons. It's P U R E L Y. Parsons. And I will of course link all of this in the show notes as well. And she does have a website too. It is purely parsons.com. And the reason I invited Elizabeth for this conversation with me is after following her, I've noticed over a period of time that she lives in a way that is not the same as culture in many different areas in her home, whether it comes to the way she does things, uh, with her marriage intentionally or with their health intentionally with her children. And she comes from a nursing background. So that's interesting that I would say with her health, because many of the choices that she now makes for her family medically do not necessarily fall in line with what you would find in a traditional Western medical setting. So I don't want to share too much of it. She's going to share her journey in this conversation, but I know that she is going to encourage you and you are going to be thinking, okay, this is fantastic. Who can I share this with? Which friends can I get this conversation to so that they can be encouraged in the same way? Uh, Just this morning, I was studying about in the old Testament when Moses was praying and he couldn't hold his hands up any longer as he was praying and he brought alongside two of his close people to hold up his arms in prayer. And I would encourage you as you're listening to this conversation, think who are the women in your life? Who are the ones who hold up your arms for you in prayer, who stand alongside you and support you as you go about your journey in motherhood and send this to them to be a way to encourage them as they also live boldly and differently in this time that God has put us in today. I'm so glad you can join us for this conversation. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. This is going to be a great conversation. I'm super excited to get to talk with you about this. So why don't you start us off just introducing yourself and your family to us? Of course. So um, I'm Elizabeth. I am a wife of, I guess it's 12 and a half years Mm -hmm. um, to my husband, Noah, and we have five children ages uh, eight to all the way down to one-year-old twins. Uh, And I career-wise got my degree in nursing in 2011 and worked for about nine years in the hospital setting uh, before coming home full-time. Most of that career was part-time, just working when I could through the, through the cracks of motherhood, uh, as it made sense for us. But I would say like my profession is motherhood and I'm very passionate about that. I have young children that need to be poured into right now. And so that Mm -hmm. is like kind of just where I'm at in my, in my life. Um, I love nursing and I love 
the, the road that I've kind of been able to take, um, with that degree. And it's always there for me to kind of pursue again. But, um, right now my passion is being home. We have a little homestead in the country in the Texas Hill country. Uh, we have about six acres and some animals and, um, very new to that. We also just moved out here like last year. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's very new to us. Um, and then also I have, a a platform on Instagram where that's kind of evolved and the Lord has, has given me that, that platform, uh, where I, I really have a passion for empowering moms, especially specifically, um, just advocating for root cause healing, uh, not just like covering up symptoms and just kind of empowering them to take charge of their family's health and kind of recognizing easy ways to do that, easy things that they can do. Um, so we're not always in fear of, of small illnesses or small ailments. Um, we kind of have those tools to, to fight those. I love that. Yeah. I've loved your, a lot of your posts specifically about medical things and it's so different. The way that you share the things that you do medically in your home is not following the traditional uh, like medical field. When I think about your time in a hospital setting, what you do now in your house is very different than what happens in most traditional Western medicine settings. So what led you to start thinking differently than your entire education probably (laughs) had given you? Yeah, that's true. Uh, so when I graduated, I was just a very typical run of the mill nurse. I started in peds, um, pretty soon after I graduated and that's, um, where I've spent my entire career. So not only am I a nurse, I'm a pediatric nurse. And so I have seen a lot of these things in the hospital firsthand. And, um, I think, you know, my journey has evolved and this has been, you know, almost a decade to where I am now. So you can't really expect somebody to just like wake up and then overnight be, you know, where I am even, and I still have a lot to learn and a lot to grow. Uh, but I think just slowly over the years, you see things happen and you are able to use your experience, um, as a mom and just as knowing your child the best. And you're the only person who is going to be up with that child at night when they're throwing up or when they're having a stomach ache or whatever, X, Y, Z, insert it there. You are the person that's going to be at the bedside with that child. So you are the person that cares the most for that child. Therefore you should be making the decisions for your child. And so honestly, when I got pregnant in 2013 with our first, that was kind of when there was this this shift of like, okay, I'm not just going to like take what people say at face value, because this is a child that I'm growing and this it's just different. I feel like when you see those, those lines on the test, it's just, you should be different and you should Mm -hmm. be questioning things and doing research on things and making sure that you're making the most informed decision for your child. And in our day and age that we live in, you know, we, people, people look at the medical community, uh, like, they have this, this platform or this like pedestal of knowledge and they do, they're knowledgeable. They go to school, they train, they learn. I'm not discrediting modern medicine by any means because we need it. And it's there for a reason in certain specific, specific instances, but we have the world literally at our fingertips. Like with the the day and age that we live in, you have resources that you can educate yourself without needing to, to go to the school. Not that you can educate yourself and then practice in medicine, but for being a mom and being a, a mom and being able to treat these things at home, small things, you know, if, if my arm gets cut off, I'm going to go to the hospital. Like there's, there's certain things <laughs> right. in modern medicine for. So, uh, when I got pregnant, I really started to kind of research things and make sure that the decisions that we were making for Sela were the best decisions for her and things that we felt like the Lord, uh, gave us peace about mm-hmm. and, um, kind of coinciding with that was my husband's autoimmune journey. So he was diagnosed with multiple autoimmune diseases. He was progressing very rapidly, declining, <laughs> uh, very rapidly. And he, was pretty much failed by the allopathic system and not failed, not just failed, but like really burned. Um, there was, there was just, it was a really hard time. Uh, 
for us and for him mainly uh, walking through that and feeling like he was alone and feeling like he didn't have any answers. And all they wanted to do was just put him on a drug for the rest of his life. And he was like, that's not acceptable for me. Like I'm not going to take that answer. And I'm so thankful for Noah because he's been the spearhead of our family's wellness journey. And I know that that's not the case in most, in a lot of families, a lot of families, it's kind of the opposite. The mom is the one that's doing the researching and asking the questions. But uh, for us, that, that was Noah in the beginning. Um, and he's still that way, uh, but he's made me kind of a questioner and a researcher. So he was able to actually reverse uh, his autoimmunity and uh, just through natural ways. Uh, which that's, you know, that's his journey. And uh, I don't speak about that a ton because it is his journey and he's, uh, he's so knowledgeable about all that. But uh, for me, it was kind of those two things coinciding is where I just was like, okay, we have to, we have to like care now (laughs) because we're bringing a kid into this world and the Lord has entrusted us with Selah. And you just, you love that kid. You love that child so much. And there is no feeling like when you have grown this child or adopted this child, whatever it is, and they put that kid on your chest specifically right after birth, like no other feeling like it in the world. There's nothing that compares to it. And you would literally do anything for that child. So it, it really, it's like, it kind of brings the gospel full circle, like mm-hmm. the love, the intense love that you have for that for that child, you know, you would do anything for them. You would lay down your life for them. So, uh, that was kind of where things started to change for us. And it's just kind of evolved (laughs) from there. Yeah. I find that when people live differently and are willing to, it seems like there's a catalyst that there's always a place that the questioning started. So whether it's that they're doing things differently than the world first as a medical choice, And some of the ways that you talked about with your husband, or maybe I've had friends who it started with education, that there was something going on in their child's school. And they said, okay, we just can't, that this cannot be the place where we choose to stay. Because like you said, oftentimes with believers, it goes back to the truth that God gave our children to us, that God gave whoever this mama is listening. They are her children gifted by God to her not gifted to the medical community, not gifted to an education system, not gifted to the government. They are your children. And I think when we really sit with that and really cling to that, it causes a paradigm shift in all other things that it starts with one. Normally there's one story, or maybe it's a series of stories, you know, that led to questioning in one area. But then it results in this whole new way of thinking that it can, it's as if it changes your worldview essentially, because you have something, a truth that you're living on and living by that's directing all of those choices. And I loved, you had a a quote that I saw on a shirt that just really encouraged me. I thought, oh my goodness, this is how I do. This is what I think moms need to do Mm -hmm. as the first advocate for our children and your shirt said, question the status quo. And I loved it because I think that's how I live, but it makes me feel weird in maybe in good ways, maybe different is a better word. Maybe it's just that it makes me feel different because the easy thing to do is to go with the status quo. Mm-hmm. Just go along with it. It's not that big of a deal. Why do you have to question things? It's tiring to question things. Can't you just like do what everyone else does? They're fine. Everyone else is fine. Your kids will be fine, but I'm not going to go with that. So why don't you elaborate a little bit on, um, on that, that shirt that you had and that saying that you live by. Yeah. So it's not by any means, anything that I coined. I don't know where I first heard like question the status quo, but I just kind of fell in love with the phrase because it can be applied to so many aspects of our lives. Uh, you know, as believers, the, Mm -hmm. the question, the status quo of convenient Christianity and, um, just lukewarm Christianity and the prosperity gospel that is so rampant right now. Um, so it can, it can be applied to a believer's life, but also, really any area of life that you think of, especially as moms questioning the status quo, uh, for what we're told is best for our children. And it's right now, it's just something that's kind of second nature to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but in the beginning of like my natural, uh, w- wellness journey, it was quite literally just asking questions about everything. Uh, you know, like why does my child need this? Why does my child need an antibiotic for this ear infection? So I would research, uh, how are these cleaning products under my sink affecting our health? Um, how does the 5g and the Wi-Fi that's in our home Oh, don't health. get me started. Um, Goodness sorry. gracious. I know my 12 year old, I just started reading about that. Not too long ago. Again, yeah. once you question one thing, you question another thing. Like and then another thing. My poor 12 year old son, he's like, mom, we are going to be like a little house on the prairie. If you keep this up, you've got to stop. Like, because you're going to turn off our Wi-Fi. What? Like, but there's, the was, is, is there's always other options. Like yes. I'm talking to you right now in my home on the internet, that's hardwired in our wall. Like we have hardwired internet in pretty much every room of our house. And, you know, we can turn our Wi-Fi on and off as needed. So it's not like we're living in the dark ages here. You know, I run a social media business from this house. And so I think at first, I'll make sure that my son listens to this part of the conversation because <laughs> that will totally set his mind at ease. <laughs> so, but I think at first, especially for somebody, at least me, I'm inherently kind of a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. it's, it's really uncomfortable. Like you said, to question everything, but it does become easier over time. And it's just kind of becomes a natural thing. Um, and from, you know, a, a spiritual aspect, questioning the status quo of like the world is yeah. one thing that we should constantly be doing. Um, does what we're hearing from anywhere, if we're not sitting down, reading our Bible, everything else is external. And so we have to line that up with the word of God, with scripture. What does the word of God tell us? That is our ultimate like owner's manual to whether or not we should be doing what we're doing. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that there's so much noise out there. Uh, You know, we don't need any additional books outside of the word of God. That is it. And if it's, you know, it says in revelation, if anything is added to this, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it's going to be burned up. And, and so we have the owner's manual there, live by it, read it, know it. Um, so yeah, question the status quo can, can kind of encompass everything in our lives. Yeah. And I've found that there have been things that I'll find the Christian community. If we're talking specifically about believers, because most of the people who listen to this podcast are Christians anyway. So if we're talking about believers, I have found that there have been times that there have been people within the Christian community that people have started speaking so highly of, and that they just love that this person, this, this person, that, that I felt an unsettledness in my heart about for whatever reason. And I think that the Holy spirit puts that there, puts that spirit of caution or awareness or just unsettledness, I guess is the best way to put it. And it led me to saying, you know, I'm going to really read with caution. I'm going to really go about this with caution within the Christian community anyway. And it has blown me away that nine times out of 10, that person has ended up going on to some far off mm-hmm. space of things that they're saying or things they're teaching. And still because of who they are, because of their name, the Christian community at large still says yes, but, or begins to lean into some of these things that I think this is not aligned with God's word. We have to test. I think we have to test every single thing to God's word. And I think about, I was reading Romans 12 this morning, Romans 12, two, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. And if we go along and look like the world and look like culture, then we are conforming. We're looking like them. We're not being transformed by the renewing of our mind. So let's look, let's look at our lives as a whole, kind of at some, some broader areas of life. What do you think are some of the dangers in looking like the world and going along with culture, maybe fitting in a little bit more, uh, when we think about specifically our walk with the, with the Lord, cause that's, I mean, that's the starting point. That's gotta be our, our most important place we start from. Yeah. I love that, that verse in Romans. It was actually one that I was reading too, just kind of in preparation of, you know, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. We are to live as believers in, in such a way that those who are not in Christ, who are not brothers and sisters in Christ will see us and know there is something different about them, whether they think that that's a good thing or not. Uh, 
by their fruit, you will know them. And so we are to be salt and light. And if the salt loses its saltiness, it's useless. And so if we look at the world, um, or I'm sorry, if we look, if we, if we as Christians look like the world, Mm -hmm. then you're either, this is kind of challenging, but you're either not saved. If you're conforming to the patterns of the world and you look exactly like the world, you're either not truly saved or you're living, you know, a lie. And you really need to kind of question that. And, uh, light, as we were speaking earlier, it's incompatible with darkness. And so I think the danger to answer your question, I think the danger of looking like the world in our walk with the Lord is, that we're going to lose our testimony and Mm -hmm. the the Christian faith, you know, there's, there's a lot of preconceived notions and, and negative, negative things that people have to say about Christians. Uh, And so, you know, when we lose our testimony, we, what use are we to Christ? Mm -hmm. What effectiveness do we have at spreading the gospel for Christ? And, you know, revelation is very clear about lukewarm Christians. It says (laughs) you are neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And that word spit literally means vomit. Like it's repulsive. It is the, the compromising church is repulsive to the Mm -hmm. Lord and it's damaging just to his overall purpose of furthering his kingdom. Absolutely. Well, I feel like too, it's interesting because our culture, my kids and I are studying early American history right now. And when we've been studying about the, you know, the faith foundation, they've been asking, how is it possible that our nation is where we are today when this is where we started though, mom? And how are we, how are things here? And it, one thing that's unique about it that, I mean, there's so many things that we can talk along that could be a whole series of podcasts, yeah. so we won't go there, but, but realizing that our world had a Christian culture about it for a very long time, that it was easy for a believer to look like the world. When the world said that Christian values were good, that Christian morals were good, that, uh, you know, freedom was good. All of the things that really are the, the moral foundations of Christianity were very similar to the moral foundations of America for a very long time. So non-believers could be a light, but maybe the world wasn't quite as dark in appearance in America. Whereas now I think as time has continuing on and the things, the events that just keep unfolding, it just seems like a bad movie or something. Uh, but it's just getting darker and darker that the light is contrasting so much greater than it ever has. And I always tell my kids before we go places, you know, remember we're a light that the world is dark. Yes. Here we go. How are we going to be a light when we're at the grocery store? What are ways that we can be a light today? And I've always said it, but like once we started going through the pandemic and all of this time, and now it's still so extreme here to me in Southern California, where we are, that being a light is so much brighter and such a greater contrast than it ever was before. Yeah. Uh, and specifically thinking about our children, let's talk about that. What do you think are some of the dangers if we allow our children and the way we raise them to look similar to the world? Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of dangers to that. That is a that's, I know. that's a that's I mean, our children are they are our mission filled as mothers, um, mm-hmm. and they are the most important. And you know, in Deuteronomy six. Moses is addressing the Israelites. He says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So it's like, that's some serious, that's like some pretty serious business there. Like there's not much else, you know, there's, there's not much room for doubt in, in what he's saying there in the life of someone who's pouring into their kids and, and, and teaching them the things about Christ. And, you know, I feel like the culture today tells us that children are a burden. You know, I Mm. I have, we both have five kids and I have twins. And so we don't go 
places often and especially not within the last 18 months, but we've started to go more places and just the whole culture of, oh, you've got your hands full or like, oh, wow. Do you know how that happens? Like all the comments that you get when you have a large family, we just had somebody come to our house today to do some work. And they're like, man, you got a lot of kids and people notice you. And what are they noticing? Are they noticing children who are generally discontent and complaining or children who are a help. And I, you say, be a light. I like to say, be a blessing where, when when we're going places. Uh, And, you know, so what are our children exuding? Because you cannot pass on what you don't possess. Mm -hmm. So you can't pass on to your children, gratefulness and gratitude and helpfulness and all the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. If you are not presenting those yourself, then what do you expect your kids to do? Um, and I feel like it's, it can be very convicting as a parent because you'll see your child do something and you're like, Whoa, that's me. (laughs) I see me. Absolutely. It's the most sanctifying thing when you're watching your children, you're like, Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And just the, just the, the, the toxicity, social media is good for a lot of things, but Mm -hmm. I feel like kind of the toxic mommy culture of like, Oh, I need a glass of wine to survive these Mm. kids. Um, or, you know, the focus being, I cannot wait until they go to preschool or daycare, or I can't wait until they're X, Y, Z. You can keep pushing it back so that I can get my freedom back. It's rooted in selfishness. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to our children, you know, if we look like the world, then they're going to look like the world and they're going to follow. So really kind of, um, instilling in them the why I think it's important for, for our kids, not only to understand the things that we believe, but understand the why behind them so that they can speak to their faith once they Mm -hmm. come to the board as well. Uh, and yeah. No, I agree with that completely. I was actually reading an article just this morning from the New York post that was heartbreaking. It was about how many, um, women in their early twenties, late teens are wanting to get sterilized because of the burden of children and the, um, inconvenience of motherhood Mm -hmm. and, and also fear it's all out of fear too, because it's fear of the unknown. It's fear of the way our world is going and they don't have a hope in the Lord. Mm -hmm. But the sad thing was a handful of these people who they interviewed for this article were from believing families that they grew up in. Mm -hmm. And when they tell their story, they started in families as believers, but they share then about their educational background and about going to these strong liberal leaning places to be educated. And it just sucked them in and they didn't have the foundation when they were going into it. Teenagers are young and impressionable. So if we send them off to lions, how can we not expect them to be devoured? And it was just heartbreaking to me, but hearing the way you talk about children, even just your language choice is different than the world as a whole that, and I totally empathize the going places and people asking, Oh, you got your hands full all the time. And my son will mimic, will say under his breath. Sometimes it's such a blessing because he knows like I have my pocket answer. I know we're so blessed. Or I always want to give the glory to God. I know God has been so good to us. We're so thankful, or it's such a joy. Uh, and also like your kids are hearing that, like, yes hear when people make those comments and they hear how you respond and Mm -hmm. maybe not when they're like toddlers, do they care or, or does that sink in? But when they're like, my oldest is eight, you better believe Mm -hmm. she's hearing what people are saying and, and hearing what you're responding with. And so it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about how this practically looks. So we're different in the way that we live and in the way that we do things. And I know you guys are, so how can we practically live in a different way and still go about living life in the world? Because we're, God put us in this world. Mm -hmm. God could have put us at any time in all of history. And God chose us to be moms in 2021 in the place we're living. And he will equip us for that. But if we're going to do it differently, it's not easy. So how, what advice do you give to the mom who thinks like, okay, I hear you, but like how, (laughs) Mm. uh, I think that it can be very overwhelming. Um, and you can, you can definitely have kind of like an, uh, too much input, too much Mm -hmm. uh, stimulus coming saying you need to like basically overhaul your whole home and your whole 
the whole way that you do school with your children, their, their whole education and your whole marriage. And it, it can be a lot. And you have a lot of voices coming at you constantly, uh, especially in our social media culture. We were never yeah. meant to know every single thing that's going on in the world. And, you know, there's been studies like our minds cannot handle that. And so I think it just goes back to the importance of having your foundation be on Christ. Christ is the rock. Christ mm-hmm. is the foundation. It, that song that we teach our kids in Bible school, you know, the wise man built his house upon the sand. And then what happened to the sand? It came tumbling down. But when the wise man builds his house upon the rock, the house on the rock stands firm. And so above all, we need to be having a foundation of Christ. We need to have our family altar. We need to be having time with our children that is teaching them these things and showing them these things. And, uh, if we don't, if we don't have a good foundation of Christ, it is so easy to be swayed. It is so mm-hmm. easy to be sucked in to the world and, uh, the negativity almost, it, it can be very just like weight on your shoulder, but if we and have the negativity can be kind of addicting too. That sometimes the bad news, when things are going on bad, it can suck us in. And I think that's so Satan. It's a foothold. I think a perfect example of that is the recent stuff that's been going around with, um, shoot, what's her name? (laughs) Oh my gosh. The young girl that they, um, Gabby something. Yeah. Yeah. The one who got lost. Yes. Yeah. That has been the headlines for weeks and weeks. Mm -hmm. And why it's because people love drama and they love, Mm -hmm. details that really aren't their business. And we Mm -hmm. get that because we're in this, in this culture, you know, of, of knowing everything. Yeah. It can, it can be addicting too. Yeah. And it can feel overwhelming. I like that you mentioned that the social media and all of that can make it harder because I think we can hear, there's so many people who are experts at different things Mm -hmm. who are, you know, so good at this one area and you watch the way that they live in that area. And Okay. Let's also remember, we're not actually watching the way they live. Mm -hmm. We're watching the picture they took from the angle they took it at. Um, because my angle is not the same. It's not, does not look the same 360 degrees around my house. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, we can feel overwhelmed sometimes by those things saying, okay, where do I even start? Um, how do I even go about this? Mm -hmm. Because I want to do everything right. And I think that one of the places that I have said is Lord, where I've prayed this and it's a scary prayer, but I have prayed, Lord, where do you want me to look different? Mm -hmm. And it was a prayer that God put on my heart back when I was pregnant with my third child, I was running a little business part-time and I felt God tell me clearly, you need to stop that Mm -hmm. because you are, you are more excited to talk about your business than you are about me. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. So, so I obeyed and I stepped away from it. I had other area, two other areas of my life, an area of ministry I was in that God called me out of at that time. And it's like, how does the Lord call you out of a ministry? Like, God, I'm doing this for you. But I knew I could not serve my family fully and be doing this business and be doing this ministry and take care of my home well. And I felt the Lord telling me it's my ministry. You need to trust me with it and give it back up because I gave it to you in the first place. And this transforming year of, well, nine months, whatever it was of that pregnancy allowed me to begin to pray, Lord, where else, where else do you want me to be different? Mm -hmm. And it has taken me to such a place of surrender and trust because God's plans were good. I never looked back and regretted. Oh, I should have stayed in the ministry. Oh, I should have, I should have kept the business going because God is, God has good things for his people. Mm -hmm. So if we can trust that even for us right now, we're at a real crisis with my husband's career. We don't know if he's going to be able to stay in his career because of some of the medical freedom issues that we're fighting right now, a career of almost 20 years. And he is exceptional at it. And we believe God called him to it. It's more than just a job. We really believe this has been God's calling, but because of that, when we're living into God's calling, We can put it back in the Lord's hands and say, Lord, if you've called us, you're going to give us what you want us to have. You're going to take us where you want to take us. And we can trust you even when it's scary, we still can trust you. So what, what are some areas that you think that believers, that moms really need to be on guard and also be open to the Lord's leading to say, Lord, I'm going to pray it and say, 
how do you want me to be different? What are some of the areas that, that come to your mind? Um, I think, especially in light of the last two years, 18 months, whatever, uh, I think more and more people are finding themselves questioning the education system, which mm-hmm. has been a good thing um, because it was so trustworthy before. Uh, it really wasn't, but <laughs> we're, it felt like it. It felt like it and it was safe Mm -hmm. and things are starting to come to light and kind of like agendas and things like that where, um, so I think education is a huge one and the education of our children, you know, as parents, it should be our sole responsibility. That doesn't mean necessarily that you have to homeschool, but it's Mm -hmm. still your, the, the education choices that you make for your children are your responsibility as their parent, whether that's homeschool, whether that's private school, whether that's public school, whatever you choose for your child you are effectively saying, I trust this person to educate you and to be an authority in your life because their teacher is an authority in their life. And you're saying by sending them to this person for eight hours a day, I trust this person and you should listen to what they say. Mm -hmm. And that's serious. That's serious business. And we should. And children are foolish. There's that verse in Corinthians that says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child children are, that's why we want, that's why they need to be educated. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Yes. yes. And so it's, it's, it's important for us to be on guard as parents to correct any misalignments, uh, with scripture. If you are sending your child to get educated elsewhere, uh, and to be intentional, to have a relationship with your child where they feel comfortable coming to you and saying, Mm -hmm. Hey mom, like I learned this in class today, what, like, what do you think? You know, cause how are you going to know if they're not mm-hmm. telling you unless you're like in the class 24 seven. So, you know, for us, it's right now it's homeschool and, um, you know, we, we are open to that changing in the future, whether it's like a hybrid or, or whatever it mm-hmm. is, but it's year by year for us praying and seeking the Lord's discernment and will of what is the best for our children. And is, is homeschool my passion? Absolutely not. I would have never told you (laughs) I would be a homeschooler. I do not have a knack for teaching children, but the Lord provides and he gives what you need in the season that you're in. And so it's something that is not my passion, but it's my conviction. And this Mm -hmm. is what's best for our children right now. And I know that, and I have peace um, in that decision. So I, I think it's very important, not just to say, well, you know, homeschool doesn't work for us because I could never do that. I could never be it with my kids. My kid is really hard to teach. Like all of these are selfish Mm -hmm. excuses. I have a kid that's hard to teach too, but we figure it out and we grow together. And it's such a blessing. I feel like homeschool, uh, people see it as just like a burden, but it can be such a blessing. Uh, it can be a burden if you approach it the wrong way and you're, you know, you're not seeking the Lord's guidance and, and counsel, but, um, you know, it, it's been really good for our family. And I think a lot of people are kind of finding themselves in that space Mm -hmm. of like, I don't know what to do. Um, I would just encourage you to get involved, be in those halls. If you're sending your kid to school Mm -hmm. and say, is this somewhere that I want my kid? Cause they're going to learn things with you. And there's that, there's that verse in Luke too, that it says when a child is fully grown, they will look like their teacher. Mm-hmm. So think about who do you want them to look like? And yeah. if, if they're in a setting, praise God for settings that children can be in where you feel confident in the place that they're going and the people they're with, we don't have our kids with only us all the time. Right. I would have the weirdest 12 and nine year old at this point, if they were only with us all the time. And I think we'd all go crazy, but we are very intentional about the adults that we choose to put in their lives. Yeah. And there have even been times that I've questioned again, it's that prompting of the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. God is so present when we ask him to be, and when we're open to it, there yeah. have been times when even in good settings, there have been adults that I've questioned or the teaching that I've questioned that I've said, I don't know if I feel fully confident in this. And I kind of thought to myself, yeah, but it's within church. So it's gotta be fine. Like, come on, don't be ridiculous. You're already weird. You already shelter your kids in all these other ways. Now you're questioning church. Yeah. But when I realized, no, this is the Holy spirit. If I'm questioning this, I need to be confident in the Lord's leading and be willing to question it, even though it seems like it's a place that I should feel fully confident in. Yeah. And I think that's a trap that a lot of parents fall into because they're just like, okay, well, we'll just pay for the private school, the private Christian school. Mm -hmm. That's not 
that's not always the best. And you have people even in private Christian schools that can be bad influences on your children and mm-hmm. maybe, you know, teach things that you don't want them to be learning, or, you know, you don't know all the kids that go to that private right. Christian school. You don't know who their parents are. And, um, cause you're questioning the status quo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. I wanted to get, talk about medical a little bit. What are some okay. of the ways that you think moms who aren't nurses, because you'd totally have that going for you in the same way that you're not necessarily passionate about all the education things. I have a teaching background and I really am passionate about it. And like, but for me, the medical side of things, mm-hmm. that's the side that I have to go on the, con- that I am convicted mm-hmm. that I must be different and be educated on. So I am, but I see a different passion for that in you. So what are, what are ways that you would encourage moms to be really on guard and allow the Lord to lead them as they seek to make the best medical choices for their family? Yeah. I think it's so important. Uh, the Bible has a lot to say about health and where health is found. And I'm a big believer, like the heading on my website says God's design back to God's design for health and wellness. And that's something that my husband came up with, uh, because I really do feel like that's where society needs to go back to is what is mm-hmm. God, like anything that comes up in our, in our lives, we say, well, what was God's design for this? So whether that's like milk or taking care of a child, like what was God's design? How did God design this to work? And I'm a big believer in in his design being good. And so when that comes to Mm -hmm. medical things, the innate function of the immune system that he provided us with, um, and supporting that immune system, this is kind of how we approach health in our family. We are proactive instead of reactive and Mm -hmm. we are prepared, not panicked. Uh, so we have the things that we need at home already. We're not scrambling around trying to find these things, um, when a stomach bug hits or, Mm -hmm. you know, when my kid gets a, a gash on his knee or whatever. Um, but I think most importantly, we have to understand as believers that the foundational principle of health that is expressed in the body. So your physical health it all begins with the spiritual health. And, Mm -hmm. but kind of an aside to that, God has also given us common sense and he's given us kind of a mind to discern and steward our health and our children's health well. And so I think just being, being a researcher, being somebody, you know, these things that I've learned, I didn't learn them in nursing school. So my degree, maybe it just gave me a little bit of confidence to teach others about Mm -hmm. it, but I didn't learn these things in nursing school. Everything that I've learned that I speak on has been outside of nursing school through experience. And so I would guess you probably had to actually unlearn (laughs) the things because I found the same thing with teaching. In some ways, I feel like the moms who were not teachers in some ways, sometimes are better teachers because they're focused on teaching their child rather than an educational method. And I think it's the same medically when you're focusing specifically on your family and Mm -hmm. what you need to do to proactively keep your family healthy. Mm -hmm. That's very different than the reactive band-aid solutions rather Mm -hmm. than going to a root cause that you're going to get medically. And some of that's having a supportive medical team around you too. Mm -hmm. And I think if you don't have that right now, looking for people in your community who do think differently and do things differently that they live in a different way, asking them because like we have a whole, we have chiropractic support and dental support and pediatric support and doctor of osteopathy support, all of these doctors that are all weird compared to what my friends do. Uh, but that differentness supports us in proactively being healthy and I will, I will make sure that I share during the week of this podcast, some of your different posts that you've shared along the way that are different ways of thinking about things medically, because most of them are proactive care, which is very different. Um, I laughed once when I was on your Instagram and I saw you going into a sauna because we have a sauna and I don't know anyone else who has a sauna, like no one else goes in a sauna in their own house. They go to a gym and go to the sauna. And my husband, he's the researcher for our medical things. And, uh, about, I don't know, maybe two years ago, he was like, I really think this is important for our health. So we got a sauna in our garage. That's amazing. It's fantastic, but it's weird. It's different, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it is weird. You don't know many people that have freestanding saunas in their house. And, uh, that was kind of like, 
an addition that my husband, again, you know, wanted and, and got, and it's been a huge factor in his, in his journey of wellness. Um, it yeah. is a, it's a wellness tool and not everybody has to go build a sauna in their house. I don't want people to, to get us wrong, just but <laughs> you can, <laughs> just you can have a sauna just by, you know, you can, you can get the effects of a sauna just by getting in a hot bathtub and soaking mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. going outside and sweating. It's the detox pathways that we need to have open, uh, as the Lord designed, you know, we're not slathering antiperspirant under our armpits with aluminum in it. We are designed to sweat and, you know, a lot of natural deodorants, you're going to sweat. You're still going to sweat. You just might not stink as much. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, it's just God's design for health and wellness. Yeah. So if there's a mom who says, okay, I hear all of this and, but truth is I don't really want to open-handedly say, Lord, where do you want me to be different? Because that's really scary. And maybe I'm really comfortable in my current way of doing things. And I actually don't want to change them. I want the world to go back to normal so that I can continue on in the way I was doing things. Cause it felt really great and it felt fine and easier. What, what words of encouragement would you leave her with as we wrap it up? Um, that's so true. It, the number one motivator for people is being uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Nobody wants to see their child suffer through a fever and not give them Tylenol or Motrin because that's what we've been trained to do. We've been trained to suppress the fever. We've been trained to suppress the symptoms. And, uh, you know, I would just say, ask the Lord for, for guidance, have, um, have some really kind of reflection of your motives and ask the Lord, you know, the will for your life, whether that is doing what you're currently doing and, and kind of like what you did, like your will be done. And I think we often pray that, right. We often, I do it all the time. Your will be done in this area. And where we will sit and we'll say, Lord, your will be done. But at the same time, we are have like a stone death, cold grip mm-hmm. on multiple areas of our lives, you know, your will be done, but not in regards to my fertility, your, your will be done, but, oh, I cannot homeschool like your will be done, but we have to live in this type of house. We have to have these certain things. And so whatever you need to insert there, you have to surrender that to the Lord with an open hand. And there are a lot of people right now that are living in fear and fear is a, not a place where we need to be making big life decisions mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. medical decisions. You should never make a medical decision out of fear. You should never make any decision really that's rooted in fear. Uh, it, it has no place in it, as a stronghold in the believer's life. And, you know, we have freedom in the Lord and Ephesians six speaks about the armor of God and putting on that armor so that we can take a stand that we can stand firm against the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just, it's so important to remember that our freedom is found in Christ and not practically speaking, not to try and take, what is it? What's the analogy? Like you can't eat the whole elephant in one bite. You have to kind of like Mm -hmm. bite by bite. So one thing at a time, what's one thing that you can, can change in your life today and just take it step by step. For me, the first thing was like cleaning supplies because those are me too. Uber toxic. (laughs) And you can, you know, just walking into somebody's house, you can smell if they have like Mm -hmm. glade air fresheners, you're literally wafting in these, the soup, toxic soup in your house because of all the cleaning equipment that the cleaning supplies that you have. And that's a super easy swap, not even necessarily more expensive. You can make a, an all-purpose spray with just vinegar and lemon and just have it sit under your counter for a week. And then you've got a, a, a spray that's mm-hmm. cheaper. I guarantee than the oxy clean or 409 or whatever it is you're using. That's, that's toxic. Um, so I would just say, don't try and change everything overnight. Just take it one thing at a time mm-hmm. and, and seek the Lord. Well, and I really like that you brought up about not, not making our choices based on fear that mm-hmm. our world says you need to make this choice right now. Yeah. And this is the moment. Yeah. And that is not of the Lord. I think if anything has to be made in an, in an instant, in a split second, I think that's almost an automatic cue. We need to step back because this is not, this is not the Lord's leading. There's not space. If there's not space for the Lord to lead, then it's not of the Lord. And if I can't make the decision out of a sound mind and even question, ask yourself that is my mind 
in a sound place. When I am making this choice, I was thinking about that verse. You said, when you were speaking that said, God did not give us a spirit that makes us afraid. He gave us a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. And everything you're talking about goes back to strong research and deep consideration, uh, unity within you and your husband and the choices you're making. We always say that a no outweighs a yes. So if one of us is saying yes in a direction and the other person is not settled on it, we don't step forward Mm -hmm. and move in a direction until we're both settled on it. Mm -hmm. And I think as moms begin to really open-handedly seek the Lord and put aside ourselves, which is like the hardest thing that God will lead and he'll lead what your first step is. Maybe even ask the Lord, what's the first thing God, um, and then sit down with your husband and have a chat and see how you want to go. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Elizabeth, this was so fun. Thank you so much for joining me today and just for being a light in a dark world. And I'm looking forward to sending people your direction so that they can continue to be encouraged by you. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. That was such a challenging and encouraging conversation. And if these things of thinking differently are just burning in your heart. Now, if the Holy spirit has been stirring in you, I want to also make available to you some of the previous recordings that we've done. So if you go back and look back at some previous episodes, I will link a few in the show notes of ones that I think that this might stir on some, stir up some interest for. We did one not too long ago called reluctantly homeschooling. We did one last week about protecting our children from pornography. That's going to be another one. That's so counterculture because our culture doesn't want to talk about those things, but oh goodness, we just have to do it. We have some about one. Well, we have one about chiropractic in care for mamas and babies, and even in pregnancy, uh, another way just of thinking differently. That's just not the normal way of doing things. So I will link a few of those conversations in the show notes so that you can have those to go back and reference, or you can just scroll of course, and listen to whichever ones, um, just really are stirred up in you. And I think that they'll encourage you as well, but as we wrap things up. I was thinking there's really no better way than to end with the words of Jesus. When he was praying for his disciples, the words he used in his prayer are so applicable today, just as much as they were then. So I'm going to close with a prayer, but rather than praying my words, I want to pray the words of Jesus from John 17, 13. Jesus said, but now I come to you to God. And these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Amen. Have a blessed week, friends. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about the triggers in motherhood.